Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 130. Can you believe it? 130 episodes. It's not really a small number. No, these round numbers keep uh, <laughs> creeping up and creeping up. I wonder if we'll be, we probably will, we'll probably be at 150. No, we won't. Middle Before of the year. No, 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 no. No, I was thinking in February when it's our three-year podcasting anniversary. It would be nice if we were that, and that's what we should be at, because that would have allowed for only two missed episodes a year. (laughs) But I think we've managed to not do that. No, but that's because we're actually (laughs) travelling. It's the thing with um, travel journalism, I think, when you're actually travelling, a a couple of deadlines slip here and there. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about hostels, why they rock, and also why they suck. Yeah, that's right. Um, earlier this week, we had a guest post by um, Carol Gaja, who is traveling around in New Zealand at the moment. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to catch up with him in a few weeks. Yeah, that'd be good. But he wrote a post called Seven Reasons Why Hostels Suck and How to Deal With It. Yes. And um, that suddenly got a whole lot of comments. Oh, it's a contentious issue. It is, especially with our audience, which are reasonably hostel friendly. Oh yeah, I was talking to one of my friends online the other day and he's thinking about opening a hostel and he said, oh, but I saw on your site that you published an article (laughs) called Seven Reasons Hostels Suck. (laughs) I said, it's not my opinion, it's the opinion of the author. (laughs) Yeah, we've got half a dozen friends that run hostels, so, um, you know. We like hostels, honest. (laughs) So what we thought we'd do is talk about the reasons why hostels rock and contrast that against the reasons that hostels suck. I mean, they do. I mean, there are pros and cons in anything, especially hostels. So we want to look at both sides of the issue. Mm, So shall we get into the first reasons that hostels rock? Okay, number one, they're sociable. Hostels are really excellent places for meeting like-minded travellers. There's so many people coming and going. You can always meet someone, maybe... If you're traveling alone, it's a chance to find a temporary travel partner. If you're traveling with people, then it's a chance to meet other people. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And on the opposite side of the equation, um, you don't meet locals in hostels. Yeah, and that does suck. I mean, (laughs) Hostels are made for travelers, so you're likely to meet travelers in a hostel, which is good because if you're wanting to travel with other people, then Mm -hmm. travelers are the people you want. But if you're traveling to a country you want to meet the locals so that you can get an idea of what local life is like and you're not going to find those people in a hostel. No, but you're certainly not going to find those people in a hotel either. Well, no, exactly. (laughs) This is true. So I guess um, talking about hostels and the people you'll meet in there, the staff might come up next. Yeah, Hostels tend to have friendly staff. Yeah, well, ever saying that a whole group... Of, you know, a whole industry has friendly well, we, stuff. We can do this. We can generalize <laughs> to the point of ridiculousness. It is ridiculous. But I think it's true. I think in our experience, we've found that the staff in hostels tend to be more laid back, more friendly and more open than staff in hotels. Hmm. I was thinking about this and I've come up with the three types of people that tend to work in hostels. Okay, tell me. So the first one is the owner operator. Mm-hmm. They're normally someone who's traveled a lot and they've kind of picked up hosteling as an extension of their travels. That's right. And they so, want to continue and allow other people to stay and meet yeah. other travelers. And, yeah. 
Yep. So it's a very it's a, I've taken from the hosteling community and now I'm giving back mm. and trying to make enough money to keep the freaking thing going in the meantime. Yes. Um, kind of thing. So they've always got lots of interesting stories about their their hostel, well their traveling days mm-hmm. and uh, their experience, and they're normally pretty good at stealing stories off guests as they come through. <laughs> so their stories just get better and better. Totally. Okay, the second type of people that I've noticed in hostels, um, working in hostels, are the local expert. So this is someone who's from the region and they're working there. Maybe it's university holiday or something like that. And they just know everything. And so they're the ones to talk to. Mm-hmm. Number three? Number three are the out-of-money backpacker. Um, <laughs> Hasn't been us yet, but I can imagine it happening. <laughs> no, we almost... Well, we've almost been tempted a couple of times. There into, was that one place into, that we were going to apply yeah. for a job, but we never, we never did it. Yep. Found something else um, instead. Yeah. And so, yeah, either managing hostels or cleaning them or running tours, that kind of thing. It's a great place for backpackers who really love the city, but otherwise couldn't want to stay there, or people that um, are just out of money. Just so have no money. Need to make to, money. Trying to save up to, to get the next ticket to the yeah. next place. Working at minimum wage or working in exchange for bed and board, something like that. Yeah. In contrast to the friendly staff, unfortunately, those same staff often want to sell you tours and attractions because hostels quite often are set up as a vehicle to sell these t- tours and attractions. Do you reckon? I'm not really convinced about that. I mean, the more... The modern ones, well, the modern ones are that the hostel chains are, they've got a very slick kind of work Mm -hmm. through, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree with that point completely myself, but yeah, I think that hostels provide you with the opportunity to book tours and, and attractions and things like that. And maybe some are set up just as a vehicle for that, but I'd say in general, no, I disagree with that point. Yeah. And, um. I don't know. I guess you've got to make money somewhere. I mean, the yeah. the cost that you're paying for a bed is very, very low. And so people aren't making money off the bed spaces. It's other stuff that people need to, or owners need to be able to make their money on. And if they get a small commission off putting you on a tour or they go to the work to create a better tour for your budget, mm-hmm. then... Awesome, more power to them. Yeah, for sure. And um, have you ever felt overly sold? No, I haven't. And in some cases, the tour that's offered by the hostel is the best one, like the one we went on in Tonga. Mm. That was recommended all over the island as the tour. That was the tour, yeah. And I don't think Tony had set it up his hostel in order to sell this tour. Mm. I think he set up the hostel because he wanted to have a hostel. And then he saw a need for a tour, and so he created a tour. And I think that's quite often what happens with hostels, is that Mm. they they fill the need. People coming in want tours so they provide them and and maybe this has gone too far so that there's too many of those pamphlets and you know booklets flyers posters and all that all over the 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 reception but probably because there is a need for that kind of information yeah i mean i think of the tour we did in brashov um we're staying at the kismet dow hostel Mm -hmm. and the tour consisted of them hiring out a minivan for the day for all of us cost about 12 euros each it was about the same as one day's accommodation yeah um and so yeah a big bunch of us piled in the minivan and the driver drove us around drove us around in terrifying romanian fashion Let's not think and about um, <laughs> yeah 
Uh, it's the only place where I've seen a horse and cart pull out onto the motorway and cause people to slam on the brakes. That was interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just, that was the tour. We, it didn't include our entrance fees. We've had to pay for those ourselves. Mm. But we would have had to organize something like that ourselves mm. if the hostel didn't do it for us. But they did, so we didn't have to. Yeah. Um, thinking about things that hostels try and sell you, internet access was another reason why hostels suck. Mm-hmm. Slow internet access, paying for internet access, paying for Wi-Fi. Yeah, so this is one of the points from the article. You know, if you want slow internet, find a local library, you can have slow internet. However, on the plus side, we've found that hostels quite often provide free Wi-Fi. Maybe not the best, maybe not the fastest, but quite often free. I mean, we, when we're booking a hostel, we usually check to see that the hostel has Wi-Fi. And I've never, ever, ever, ever stayed in a hotel that's given me free Wi-Fi. <laughs> no. <Ever. laughs> I have paid 25 US dollars a night to uh, a day to have Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. access. Yeah, yeah, that was excessive. And um. <laughs> yeah, and I've also had to use the internet in internet cafes. And I didn't like that at all. So I like hostels with free Wi-Fi, and they're pretty common these days. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, Carol's been traveling around Australia and New Zealand, which uh, has terrible internet infrastructure. Yeah, um, that's true. And so, like, to give you a a fair understanding, we're paying 70 bucks a month for internet access to our flat, um, and it's dire. slow. Dire. Slow. So bad. Oh my goodness. Oh, quite often it just crashes out. You know, I'll be chatting with someone and, you know, just not receive their messages for 10 minutes. Mm. Far too often to my liking. Yes. So, yeah. Hostels down here? Yep. Not so hot on the free Wi-Fi. But, um, I mean, considering that it costs 10 bucks an hour to use Wi-Fi in a telecom hotspot, which Mm. is what a lot of the cafes and stuff have. Yeah. It's reflective of the industry price rather than uh, a money-grabbing attempt on behalf of the hostels. But, like, we search out hostels, to be fair. We always look for free Wi-Fi in our hostel options. And we will pay a couple more dollars a night to go to a hostel with free Wi-Fi. Yeah, um, And internet access, yeah. yeah. And the more we're kind of spending our lives online, the more necessary that's becoming. Yeah. So hostels, get on board with the free Wi-Fi already. Definitely. Okay, what's another reason why hostels rock then? Well, hostels rock because they're often well located. This is true. Hostels are often on main public transport lines, Mm -hmm. and because they're normally smaller than hotels they can get properties that are closer to the tourist attractions. That's right. They might just be a house with three or four bedrooms Mm. set up like a hostel. And that's, you know, it's much easier to get something like that than it is to set up a a hotel with 50 bedrooms. Yeah. So I like that they're often, yeah, on main public transport lines, easy for urban access, Mm -hmm. and they're normally pretty close to the attractions that you want to see in a city. That's right. On the other hand, hostels are everywhere i mean there's hostels out in i mean i'm thinking at the moment of the abandoned railroad hostel up in um the highlands of scotland where they've just got some rail carriages which they've um which they've souped up and that looked awesome um ones i mean middle of arthur's pass right through yeah, yeah right through new zealand in these tiny little towns there's heaps they're everywhere and there's no hotel but you can stay in a hostel yeah yeah and so I I like that. Yeah. 
got the stunning natural quiet beauty on one hand and the close to all of the urban attractions public transport on the other hand. And I guess it's something to do with the, the history of hostels, how they came from kind of the youth movement to get people, to get urbanised youth mm-hmm. out into the wilderness and experience manly activities. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. But on the other side of the coin, you don't get much of your own space. If yes. you're staying in a hostel, you're probably going to be staying in a dorm. Not always. More and more hostels are providing private rooms, which more and more we're taking up on them up on that. <laughs> yep. But usually you'll be staying in a dorm and they tr- tend to pack as many beds as possible into the dorms because obviously they want to make money. And that means you don't get that much space. You've usually got a bed, which is usually a bunk, mm-hmm. and probably a locker yep. or some space under your bed perhaps. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I mean, connected with that, it's hard to get a good night's sleep mm. when you're sharing a room with 20 of your closest friends. <laughs> oh, one or of my complete students, strangers. One of my students was staying in a hostel for a week and she, she didn't know that she could book a, a girls-only dorm and she ended up in a dorm with 11 guys. <laughs> How did she feel about that? She wasn't very happy. I recommended earplugs. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, earplugs and eye mask, absolute must. Totally. Um, most booking sites, you can see what size the, the rooms are in the hostel mm-hmm. and you can book different... Sizes. It Different tends to sizes be, of room. It tends to be cheaper the larger the room. Yeah, of course. So if there's 12 people in a room, it might cost you $15. But if you want a room with only four people, it might cost you $20, yeah. for example. Yeah, and then a private room might be half as much dollars. again, yeah. so 25 to 30 bucks yeah. um, to get a double room. So a sliding scale, hostels are offering more choices, more mm. options. Um, one of the places we saw in Aussie had a, I think it was base in Melbourne. Mm. They had an entire girls only floor, yeah. which was key carded off. So if you didn't have the, the girls only key card, you couldn't get onto the entire floor. However, and it was more had, expensive because oh, you got all sorts of free stuff. Much more expensive. Yeah. You got all this free makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so useful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, more choices, more options. It's getting there. Yep. But at the end of the day, it is a hostel. You're paying for, well, you're paying much less in order to share with other people. So that's always the trade-off. So another reason that hostels rock is that they often have quite good facilities, such as a bar or a cafe attached to them. Yes, I see that alcoholic grin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't usually drink in hostel bars. I usually bring my own because I'm cheap. Smooth. Well, having a bar might be a pro or a con, depending on what side of the uh, the fence you're sitting on. But I think that hostel bars are great. Sometimes you don't want to have to go out and fend for yourself in a strange city. Sometimes you're tired, you're grumpy, and you just want to be able to sit down and relax mm-hmm. and have a drink yeah. without having to to go out for the night in yeah. order to Or maybe to you've already gone out for the night. You've gone out for dinner, you've had a good time, and you just want to come back and relax. Mm. And you could relax in the hostel common room because most hostels have a common room. But you would actually quite like a drink with that, you know, yeah. and the bar provides you with that, really. Yeah, it does. Um, and then there are bars that manage to turn the entire hostel into a party house. Yeah, and also, Keenan, in fact, that would be... In fact, that is one of the negative points mentioned in the article, and I agree. Definitely not keen on party houses. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, it's you want to have fun. You want to have a good time. You want it to be 
relaxing. You want to be able to let your hair down a bit. But at the other time, on the other hand, and especially as you're traveling long term, every night can't be a party. That's right. Well, I definitely don't want it to be. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's fine if you're away for a couple of weeks. Yes. But if you're on the road for, what are we getting up to now? Three and a half years? I don't know. I don't know. February it doesn't count as being on the road if you're back in your own city. Yeah, it does, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it does for me, because we're, we're here temporarily. We're sharing a house like we have done in other places we've stayed. We don't even have a car. We don't have a car. We're using public transport, which in Auckland is not pretty. Um, greatly improved from when we left Definitely. in 2000 and beginning of 2006, but still not shocking. So cool. yeah. yeah. So anyway, point is partying can be fun, can be good, but you don't want it every night. So you want to read the reviews and read between the lines sometimes oh, to what figure out is, what that's like. Yeah. If you look on something like hostel bookers, usually there's a rating and the rating is divided up into different categories. For example, cleanliness or, you know, friendliness and fun and things like that. I always look for a high cleanliness rating, but I look for a low fun rating because if it's fun, that probably means it's a party hostel and I'm just not keen. Well, I don't know about low fun, but... Low fun. <laughs> no, well, low, like, no, for example, not, say... Not low, no, but... No, but say the rating is, is, say, 90%, and that's made up of 95% cleanliness and 90% other things, and then, like, maybe 80% fun. Okay, so it's it's... It's low fun with respect to the others. That's right, yeah. But you don't want a 20% fun because no. that kind of thing has like, you know, a 10 p.m. lockout. And <laughs> yeah, you don't like want it to be actively unfun, but you just don't want it to be a mo- fun. A moderate level of fun um, works out. Good example of this that I always think of is in Vienna, Austria. Um, Top Maria Hilferstrasse. Uh, Maria Hilferstrasse, near the West Bahnhof, you've got two hostels side by side. Which well, not are... quite side by side. One's on Maria Hilferstrasse and one's around the corner. Oh, okay, sorry. They're four minutes walk away from each other, <coughs> side by side. <laughs> and, they, um, and they're both very highly rated. They're both great hostels. Uh, one of them, Wombats, has very much an uh, energetic party atmosphere. You walk past it two o'clock in the morning and through the uh, the smoke glass windows, you can still see people running around out, you know, it's being crazy. Yeah. Um, around the corner, there's... Off the main road. Just off the main road, yeah. You've got to follow some signs to get there. Which is, is good. <laughs> <laughs> is Hostel Ruthensteiner. And at Ruthensteiner, they also have a bar, but you're much more likely to see people relaxing on the couches having a beer, sitting around the tables, mm. maybe playing the piano or the guitars it's that are there. It's a lot more relaxed. And, and they've still got, it's like, chilled. Quite often hostels that have a bar don't have a kitchen because they want you to buy food from their... From their, from their know, bar. From their bar. Hostel Rosensteiner does have a kitchen, so you can still cook your own food and as well as having a beer. So you can have a beer with your home-cooked meal. It's perfect. Mm. We always choose Rosensteiner. These guys really should be paying us for all these mentions we're giving them. I don't know what we're doing. Hey, another reason that hostels rock is that more often than not, you're contributing to the local economy. Mm -hmm. Especially if you choose small, independently run hostels. I mean, the bigger the brand, you know, like Wombats is an international company, so you're probably going to come across it in lots of different places. But if you choose one that's local, you're supporting the local economy. Yeah, and so as 
I mean, a study in uh, Australia, I think it was up in Darwin, but mm. the similar results have been shown throughout Australia, is that backpackers tended to spend less per day than family vacationers or business travellers. No, they spent more than business travellers. Not per day. Okay. So, per day, they spent less, and that's no big surprise. Mm -hmm. But over the amount of time they spent in the region, mm -hmm. they ended up spending a quite significant amount more because they travelled slower and they spent more. They were mm -hmm. there longer. Yeah. Um, so over time, it amounted to more money. And then... Um, most of the money seemed to go into the local economy because right. they were doing budget tours, they were staying in locally run hostels, rather than a big hotel chain mm -hmm. um, where the profits get skimmed off and kind of disappear back to their home countries. Yeah, totally. So while we're talking about money, um, hostels tend to have reasonably cheap services. This is true. I mean... <laughs> Remember Paul? He paid €1.50 to get a sock washed. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Not in a hostel, in a hotel. Yes. He misread the uh, laundry price list. He thought it was, I don't know, I thought I think he thought it was $5 for everything, but it was like $5 for a shirt and $4. For, you know. <laughs> yep. And so he put this bag out, and yeah, each individual item, I think it's his laundry bill. Was something like 50 euros. <laughs> this is tremendous. It's um, amazing. Yeah, and he thought it was 5 euros for all of his laundry. Mm, or per bag um, or something, I don't know. Yeah, well, for the oh. bag of laundry, yeah. But um, that was just awesome. Where, on the other hand, we've paid a couple of bucks to get our laundry done. Yeah. Um, Kismet Dow, we talked about before in uh, Transylvania and Brasov, mm -hmm. um, they did it for free. They also gave us a free beer. That was, was awesome. nice. We liked them. Yeah. Yeah, but usually there's a, a, a laundry room and you just put the money in or get a token from the reception desk or something like that. And it's it's cheap. Quite often they have dryers or they have a, um, a drying room. There's always an option. Yep. I remember the time we recorded the hot, the, um, the, the podcast in the, hot, in the laundry. Yes. Oh, that was that hostel in Tallinn. That was the one with the free sauna. That's right. And talking about cheap services... Free sauna. A free sauna in the hostel. That was so cool. I mean, awesome. especially because we were there in summer, scorching summer temperatures, 13 degrees. <laughs> yeah, maximum and rain. Oh, man. So, yes. The Baltics were a very wet and cold time. We went there in summer. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't go there in winter because <sighs> oh, that yes. would have been awful. <laughs> negative, negative 20 doesn't do anything for me at all. <laughs> yeah. That place in um, Russia as well in Romania... It wasn't it wasn't expensive, but they were the only hotel in Transylvania with twenty four hour hot, hot water. Yes, that was um, their selling point, and we appreciated it because we did <laughs> like having hot showers. <laughs> yeah. So I think when you're uh, when you're looking at hostels, there's both pros and cons, and you've got to make it fit in with your travel style. I mean, they're cheap, mm -hmm. but they're normally busy. You're normally sharing with someone. Um, they're a little bit kooky and odd mm -hmm. but that gives it some flavor yeah they're a good place to meet people but you probably won't meet very many locals yeah that's right they have bars but those bars might be noisy yeah <laughs> it's always pros and cons yeah. and pros and cons i really recommend you do some research before you book a hostel and think about what one's going to work for you I and mean, we've talked about this before and we've done articles on it before but make sure you look at the ratings and think about how's it going to work for you is the location good is the uh, are the things that are important to the hostel, such as the party atmosphere, important to you? Or are the things that are important to the hostel things that you want to stay far away from, such as the party atmosphere? <laughs> <laughs> Think about the size of the room you want. Do you want a bit of privacy? Well, maybe you could get a private room, and then you get most of the benefits of a hotel, 
but the benefits of the, the hostel as well. Or do you want to meet people? Then you might want a larger room. I mean, I put together a, uh, a list of the reasons that I love hostels, and it all wrapped around the the weird and kooky extras yes. that you got, whether it was uh, a free beer for every night that you stayed there or the immigration police coming to uh, <laughs> take away your passport and interview you for two to three hours. They didn't take away our passports. <laughs> they just, you know, took down all the details and made us write statements. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's a big list of those on the show notes, um, which you can find at IndieTravelPodcast.com. That uh, brings us near to the end of the show. We don't have a sponsor this week, but we do want to let you know about uh, the magazine, indietravelpodcast.com slash magazine. Uh, New travel guides, where you can also get ITP t-shirts, which is at indietravelpodcast.com forward slash travel guides. And of course, if you are booking a hostel, come and uh, click the accommodation link at the top of indietravelpodcast.com and book through the links on there so that we can keep eating Keep traveling and uh, keep podcasting. We like all of those things. Yes. Well, that's (laughs) us for this week. So until next week, travel well.